We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weber back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet. Put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento. Welcome to the King's Beat Podcast, brought to you by Price Picks. I am James Ham, King's Insider for ESPN 1320 and the King's Beat. Joining me this evening for a live show. We have a live show. What's going on here? Do we, we? have Box 40s? Uh oh. Look at that. Oh, proof of the live show. There it See? is. That's why you don't have the live show open on a different a different tab. Uh, Sean Cunningham, what's going on? Hi, James Ham. Hi, Brennan Nunez. I'm doing fine. How are we? We're good. Okay. We also have Brendan Nunez from the King's Bulls podcast. Brendan, how are you? I'm doing well. I was worried about... Oh, that was loud. That was the cover of my candle. That is, I'm getting ready to light it here. I figured I'd light it live on the show. Lavender La- and cedarwood. Oh. Same as last time. Haven't started oh, it yet. Same one. I have a new one. Oh. oh. I have a what do we one. got? Uh, I'll there. preface it by saying I am not a pumpkin guy because I think it's everything about pumpkin is pretty gross. But I found a I found one that is a a pumpkin apple candle that actually smells amazing. Oh, so check pumpkin that apple, and it's fucking hot. Jesus, the children. Oh, the Wilcox know, children, Sean, come on. They're in what bed. Are we, They're what fine. are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, while we get the candle started, which is always the weirdest part of the podcast, at least well, I think. That's weird. Oh, no, there's uh, maybe weirder parts. There are stranger parts, yeah. Um, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome into the Kingsby podcast. Um, we're, again, doing a live show. So if you're here on the YouTube, um, give us a thumbs up if you don't mind. Subscribe to the channel. I didn't turn on that little feature that makes you subscribe to the channel um, in order to make a comment. That's my bad. I probably would have if I was not exhausted and wondering if we're actually going to get this podcast off the ground tonight. Um, Luckily, we are. Here we are. Uh, Of course, uh, we are brought to you by Price Picks. Uh, We are a Blue Wire podcast. And 
I don't know. Outside of that, go to the King's Beat, uh, become a premium subscriber, and uh, let's get ready to go. Let's let's do this thing. Um, the chat is is open, so uh, we'll sit here and answer questions throughout the show. But um, yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, first up, we had a really bad basketball game this week to cover. Uh, well, it wasn't a great game. Uh, the Kings fell to the Pelicans. Then the Pelicans just got whacked. I mean, I, that wasn't even, that was like filthy what just happened to the Pelicans tonight. Uh, they were bounced from the in-season tournament by LeBron James, and uh, who has made it very clear he's he plans on just opening up a, a new franchise in Las Vegas and starting his own team eventually. Um, but uh, I don't know, what were your guys' takeaways uh, from from the game earlier this week where the, the Kings laid another egg against the Pelicans? I didn't think it was that bad of a game. Uh, it was, you know, the Kings got tested. I thought the game was actually pretty entertaining for the most part, but I think down the stretch of things, it, it unraveled a bit, but um, I, I actually, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's another game where they really kind of run into that buzzsaw of length and physicality kind of sound like a broken record when it, when it comes to that. But um, the, the, the Pelicans are really one of the teams that, kind of have a lot of that and i while you know typically it's been zion williamson in those first two meetings the third one he wasn't really much of a factor harrison barnes kind of got the defensive assignment a little bit and uh it was a different look for zion but everybody else stepped up and uh you could see trey lyles be the enforcer in a little bit of a moment there that i was a little surprised that the nba didn't overreact and call that a punch so good thing he didn't get suspended or um or worse and well, I don't know what would be worse but um yeah it was just a, it was like one twice. of those games yeah <laughs> yeah or, or more um but yeah it was just one of those games i mean fox was terrible uh, until he until he wasn't really i mean he still it's one of those games where it was like you you uh you saw how bad it was when he's bad and he still ended up scoring like 30, 30. points um one of those but those are those telltale games where some people might look at that and go, Oh, he's great. And he really wasn't. So, um, but a lot of, a lot of mistakes in that, a lot of, a lot of trouble with the length and physicality and Herb Jones, man, just continues to impress. And when he's hitting threes, um, watch out. So yeah, it was a little bit of a clunker as they've now lost two of their last three and a whole week off in a way. I mean, I know Mike Brown kind of bristled at that notion today that it was a week off, but uh, several days of uh, consecutive days of practice before you go into Phoenix. Yeah, yeah I, Brennan, mean, I thought go for it. Yeah, I, I thought getting Trey Murphy and CJ McCollum back for the Pelicans almost made them feel like uh, obviously they have still Zion and Ingram that are their two head of the snakes, but like I thought get, that getting those guys back made them look fairly different. CJ gives them a lot of spacing, and Trey Murphy does the same. And Trey Murphy also gives them some pretty good length that I think the Kings tend to to struggle with, but I really agree with Sean's point of like, it's funny to look at the end of the night and deer and still had 35 and four, uh, but it's those six turnovers really to me, like that first quarter, the Kings 427 mark, the Kings are up 32, 17, New Orleans ends on an 18 to four run. And during that time, Fox had four turnovers and two, and how many all missed? live yeah. ball turnovers. Yeah. He also went one of four from the field during that time. And New Orleans is eight of 11 as a team, but four of those steals are lead to six points on the other end. And coming into the game, De'Aaron was averaging, I believe a career low, two turnovers per night. 
and a previous season high of four. He had him in those four and a half minutes at the to close the first, and then the Pelicans had a great second quarter, and the Kings couldn't really get back within reach. I thought Ingram and CJ were hitting really timely shots as the Kings were starting to make their runs. Yeah, I think CJ McCollum, he was kind of the backbreaker. Like every time you thought you had a good defensive sequence, he hit some crazy shot and it, it just kept, he kept building. Um, yeah. The, the first quarter meltdown, like I don't, we haven't seen Deer and Fox have one of those in a couple of years. And it was, it was kind of jarring to watch. I mean, like not even paying attention and giving, getting his pocket picked by Alvarado, uh, where the entire fan base is yelling that he, you know, he's coming after you. Um, I thought that that was strange. I thought the four shots, um, not great. Um, but every once in a while you're going to have one of those games. You just hope that it's not in a huge contest, like trying to advance to the in season tournament, like, you know, semifinals or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, I, definitely a disappointing game. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll start there with kind of, we'll, we'll launch off, um, Keegan Murray played, I thought he played all right in the first half. Uh, then he went to the locker room, um, and then he came back, but now we're, we're learning that he, his back issues are back. It's sort of the same thing it was before. Well, you guys have been at practice. What has it been? Uh, like over the last couple of days with, uh, with Keegan, I know he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, was he, was he practicing today or was he at practice? Yeah, he, he practiced in full today. Um, and he's not on the injury report for tomorrow in Phoenix. So that's certainly a encouraging sign, but, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the way he started that game, you would have thought that he was destined to have a, a great big night. Um, as they built that 15 point lead and he had some early buckets slash into the slash into the basket, hit a couple threes. I mean, things were starting the right way. And then all of a sudden he kind of starts to feel that soreness again, um, goes to the locker room, comes back. Fortunately, after halftime, able to give it a go. And, uh, he tried to brush off, brush it off as if it's not a big deal. Um, but I think the, it was more of a precaution for him to maybe miss, get the treatment on the off day miss a day of practice you know you've got kind of a couple days here to kind of play with before friday and uh it sounds as if everything kind of responded pretty well um today and then boating well for it to go into friday and have him available but um something that we're keeping our eye on and it seems like it's maybe a little bit different than the than the back flare-up that, that he dealt with that only cost him a game last season yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to Keegan in general, like obviously the back, uh, I'm sure is playing a part here and that affects your mobility in a whole lot of ways. And he's getting asked to guard smaller guys, um, do more on the offensive end. But in general, like it, it's been a tough start to the year. I think that there's been growth when it comes to rebounding defense, a little bit more connective passing, like all these small things. But I feel like it was so hyped up. And I specifically remember Sean doing a lot of tempering expectations going into year two of Keegan. Um, but, you know, to an extent, this is part of the growing process of, a again, a guy that's going into year two. But his numbers are struggling a lot right now. And, and HB is getting a lot of flack. But I think you could just point at the forwards in general. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think we're hearing, you know, like the the fan revolt on Harrison Barnes after the loss to the Pelicans, I thought was interesting, especially since the first thing Sean brings up is that he's the one that was defending Zion who did nothing. 
Um, he wasn't nearly the factor he was in other games. Uh, so, you know, I, I, we're going to get to the, the Harrison Barnes situation in a little while. And there's a couple of questions I'm going to, I'm going to hit on really quick. Um, we have a question from man. How much money is a first round pick worth in a trade money wise before it actually has a number on it? Like a 2030 first round pick, or is it just like, so first of all, picks don't have money. They don't have a value that's put on them. So whether it has like value as a first round pick, you have no idea. Um, it, it certainly, it would like teams collect first round picks around the league, but there is no monetary value put on a first round pick. Um, and, and if you're a team who's looking at say the fact that De'Aaron Fox is 26 years old, right. Uh, or he's going to be 26, right. Is he going to be 26 or is he going to be 27? Um, Sean, you know, 26, we're on this, we have the same birthday, right? So yeah, I should yeah. know this, but yeah, I think it's uh, 26. So yeah. He's yeah. Right now. yeah. So if you're looking at, uh, trading a first round pick a 2030 first round pick, first of all, that's a long ways from now. That's like, <coughs> excuse me, seven years. Mm -hmm. So at that point, Fox is going to be 32, 33. Uh, Sabonis is, I think, two years older. So that that's not a pick that if you're the Kings, you really want to trade right now because you have no idea what your team is going to look like then. Uh, maybe you're great. Maybe you're not. But um, either way, it doesn't have a uh, a real like value to it uh, as far as like a dollar percent, a dollar that you can put on it. That, that's just not the way it goes. Um, let's see. Uh, we also have another question by... Thomas Lancaster. Sorry, every time I pull these up, Brennan, you get like, like crushed by the box. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. So, uh, Jake Gaden said he heard OG has no <laughs> interest in being traded box. to Sacramento. We're squishing Braden. Uh, Brennan. Sorry, Braden. Squishing Brendan. My son's name is Braden. Uh, he has no interest in being traded to Sacramento through league sources confirmed via Twitter. Um, I I don't know. Uh, like, have you guys heard anything on OG? No. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I now it, it is worth pointing out, like if you're trading for OG and OB, you need a guarantee that you're going to be able to sign him. So um, I, I think that plays a, uh, certainly plays a factor, but um, yeah, I mean, if someone's willing to pay OG and OB as much as he can possibly make, then I don't feel like he's going to have any problem going wherever. I mean, yeah. I think if anything, the signs have kind of pointed more towards a potential interest. Like he's also a clutch agent. De'Aaron obviously just joined that. I, I think that the a lot of the talk around OG has been wanting a bigger role than what he's maybe been given in Toronto. And I think that he could get that in Sacramento. So um, I didn't see the reporting, but that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Um uh, and like, look, I don't know where Jake got that. Uh, and, you know, it would take a little time to chase it down. Look, I think over the course of time, we've seen plenty of players get traded to Sacramento and then fall in love with the city once they get there. They fall in love with the fan base. They fall in love with being like in a sort of a quiet town, but you're beloved. And, you know, it's it's actually like not very often that a player comes to Sacramento and then leaves right away. Uh, like again, the Dante DiVincenzo situation is something that I would point to as one of those situations. But even that, that was more on the Kings than it was on Dante DiVincenzo, where 
they, you know, they waived his, his bird rights and, and walked away from him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, like whether you can even get a deal done with Toronto. I, I don't know because it, it sure does feel like they don't make trades and then they just lose players. Uh, so, uh, it's, that's going to be a tough trade, uh, a, tr- a tough team to deal with either way, because I don't think they're ready to just be bad for a long time. And so you got to figure out how do you come to deal with a team that number one, doesn't want to trade a player who has passed on trading in multiple times over the last couple of years. But on top of that, like they're not in the market of being horrible. That's just not what the Raptors are doing. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Especially considering that, I mean, it's not a, it's not necessarily a lock that he leaves. I mean, this is Toronto wants to remain competitive. It's not like they're trying to blow things up. So, um, if he thinks that the best deal and the best future remains for him in Toronto, he's going to try and see that through. I mean, he's going to go wherever he, like you said, you outlined the things that any player would want and he should have complete control over that. Um, and no team is going to trade for him for just to just watch him walks. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And like, to be honest, like Sean has been much higher on, Siakam the last couple of years and then I have if you're going to trade with Toronto I've been more in the OG camp and Sean's more in the Siakam camp I I would actually lean at this point more towards the Siakam camp as well because um, I, I think he's more obtainable uh, that's Tor- what it is yeah Toronto very clearly like they had an opportunity to from what I've heard to sign him to a massive extension this summer and he was willing to stick around and they passed on, on giving him a, an extension from what I've heard, whether that's more accurate or not. I don't know. Go ahead, Brendan. So more obtainable is that I, I, he would cost more though, right? Well, he would cost more, but again, you're well, he's going to cost more, but we're luck. We're looking at a 29 year old guy going on 30 and, and a player who he turns 30 right at the end of the season, I think. Uh, but a player who makes more money, so it's going to be a more difficult transaction. I think he makes $38 million versus OG, who makes like 18.8 or some, or, or 19.2, um, whatever. OG is like, is an easier player to swap pieces for, where I think uh, it, Siakam is going to cost a little more, but again, he's a free agent. And if they've, they've already made their bed with him about not bringing him back, or potentially not bringing him back, then, you know, how much can he cost? Because he's an expiring contract. And sure, they have bird rights to him, but the bird rights mean as much in this situation, they'd mean a lot to the Kings, but because the Kings are not going to have salary cap space for a couple of years, and they can't go out and sign a player like OG or or Pascal Siakam, and that's why they have to go through the pathway that is a, a trade. If they're Although sign is very much a possibility, especially now that you're beyond the collective bargaining agreement and everything, because a lot of sign and trades disappeared as a result of the CBA not being finalized last year. Um, that is expected to be more in play for a lot of teams uh, in the coming years. Yeah, but sign and trades are really complicated. Number one, and number two, if you're if you go above like a certain ceiling, it hard caps you. And the Kings aren't going to get hard capped. No, they don't want to be hard capped. No. Yeah. So, so it's, it's going to be, it would be very difficult to pull off a sign in trade 
um, after the season for a guy like Siakam. And uh, like, again, I, I, the reason I like Siakam is because he's proven to be a really good passer and he's not a great rebounder, but he's a good scorer. Um, he's a good passer. He's a, a good three point shooter, except for this year where he's not a good three point shooter. Um, but I think he would fit really well alongside Sabonis and he would change the dynamic of like your window a little bit. Um, but I also think it would be like, it would maybe not the total equivalent of adding another Sabonis, but close to it. You're looking at like an all-star level player who would come in and really like, he would be your, your third best player, your second best player on like day one. And that would be pretty substantial for the Kings. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Um, yeah, so not to, to get fully sidetracked. I, I think the reason why we are getting sidetracked by this, we'll just take on the, the situation that is Harrison Barnes at this point. Uh, and, and maybe not so much Harrison Barnes as it is. I think the Pelicans exposed like the Achilles heel of the Kings. And we all knew that this was like an issue that like length and athleticism at the three and the four has been a problem. But I also think that like when you watch a game like this, you're just reminded of it that, you know, they have like five guys that would make sense for the Kings, whether it's Brandon Ingram or, you know, again, like Zion, you can't stop, but, uh, but also like the Herb Jones guys of the world or, um, Who's the other guy that lived Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy. Yeah. Like all of these players that they have that the Kings don't have. And I'd say not only are they long and athletic, but they're physical and they play the game really like they play hard. Right. And the Kings don't have those styles of players. So um, I think that again, we've seen like Harrison Barnes had, I mean, he was just a non-factor offensively. I thought he was solid defensively, but you really can't in a big game have a player play 30-something minutes and go one of three from the field. And and so I think this is going to open up the conversation because like at some point you are going to have to have, if this team, if they're fine making the playoffs and, and being a solid team, that's one thing. But I don't think that that's their aspirations. I, I think they want to be better than that. 
and they're going to have to get better at one or two positions if that's going to be the case. And the easiest way to do that is probably at the small forward position or the power forward position and move Keegan Murray to the small forward position. So if you guys like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a huge talking point that we've heard over the last couple of days, but uh, where are you guys out with the Harrison Barnes situation? I mean, I think that this is something that we've known for like a year. You know, like I kind of got confused by the timing. I thought HB was okay in that game. I know there's been a slow defensive decline for him. And, but I, I thought he did his job for the most part in that game against Zion. I think everybody obviously had moments they could have been better defensively. And sure, like offensively, the four points really stands out, but like three shot attempts, like we, we just agreed De'Aaron was pretty tough in that game offensively. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I keep going back to HB. A lot of people, I feel like a common criticism is you just don't notice him when he's out there. And sometimes that's the case, but I don't think that's only a negative. Like you, people notice good things and they notice bad things. And if you're not noticing anything, that means, you know, there's not much of either, but that's fine. Like he's, there's value in a guy that doesn't make that many mistakes. And I still think that HB is, is that guy and a fine fifth starter. It's just that the Kings need somewhere in their two, three, four, a number three guy to go next to De'Aaron and Domas. If we really want to talk about this team getting to the next level. And I think that's been known for a little while. I think HB has been a common trade candidate because of everything we just mentioned. And he probably has the most tradable salary on the team right next to Kevin Herter. So I, I think that this has been a known thing for a little while, like, but there's a lot of teams around the league that would love Harrison Barnes. Like I think Milwaukee would be glad to have Harrison Barnes starting over Malik Beasley. You know, like I think that the Clippers would love to have Harrison Barnes starting over Terrence Mann, or maybe that one's a close one, but like there's a lot of teams in the league where HB is a really good fifth starter. It's that the Kings need a number three. Yeah. And I would even say like Brendan to add to that, it's not even like there are some teams that are good teams that he would be more than a fifth starter. It's just that the Kings are like offensively they're gifted, right? So you've got a bunch of shooters. You got to you, like, you are really good offensively. So like even a team like the Lakers, like they could use a guy like Harrison Barnes. There are a lot of teams that could use a guy like Harrison Barnes. Go ahead, Sean. No, I mean, I don't really have much to add to it. I mean, um, it, it, I think part of the problem is, and we've talked about it in previous shows is the fact that, I mean, really, you've got Keegan and Harrison who are almost similar in a lot of ways. Um, it's it's Keegan obviously has the green light to 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 look for a shot and shoot uh, more so than HB ever has, and uh, HB is obviously there for a lot of spacing and de and defense, and they'd like him to probably rebound a lot more. And we we've talked about that at nauseum, but he was your insurance in the event that Keegan wasn't ready. And so far, you know, even though it's been a tough start for Keegan in a way um, because of the injury and just maybe because of, um, you know, playing with a little added weight to him and his body has changed and, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're not running. I mean, obviously we see they're not running like they were last year. There are certain factors that have, that have come along the way to show that Keegan Murray is, he's fine. He, but he hasn't taken this like dramatic, dramatic leap offensively. And I think a lot of it's because, you know, they're, they're working with physicality and they're working with him, you know, trying to improve defensively. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I think the problem is, though, in my mind, it's just just my opinion. And it's why I've said it for the better part of 
two or three years. I just don't think they have their true three. They need a absolute stud. And I, it's it, when people ask me what, what this team needs, it's always the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I think right now, as they're currently constituted, you could argue that you still need some uh, piece to, to help you in the front court with Domas um, who can, who can help you rebound and, and, I, I don't necessarily want to say rim protector so much, but like if you had a Paul George, if you had a, you know, a, 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 like if you had a um, player like that, that you could pair next to him, not necessarily Miles Turner or anything like that, but um, obviously uh, Jaron Jackson would probably be something that would be a player like that, that would be absolutely coveted. But to me, it's that, it's that absolute three, that person who can, that you would look at and say, oh, it's a Kawhi Leonard. Oh, it's a Pascal Siakam. Oh, it's a Jason Tatum. Somebody like that who has a big presence and is an offensive threat and is long enough to to be impactful on the defensive end and still clog up the clog up the passing lanes and things like that. So um, it's always a thing that leaps off the page for me. But he's very tradable in Harrison Barnes. It's a very tradable piece. Uh, I think it's just a little. Um, I just think he's an unfair target a lot of times. And to your point, Brendan, when you're talking about not noticing him out there, sure, I get that. But I think Mike Brown does a pretty solid job of when those moments happen, he adjusts. And if if Harrison Barnes isn't going to be that guy on, on a specific night, he doesn't have to roll with him and he ends up getting less minutes than any other starter. Um, I and think he's fine with that. He's completely fine with that. And, and I also think that, I think where the, the, the tough part is in, in, for example, the last game, he's playing such a role defensively. You, you really don't need him to score. Um, but it would have been nice given the game that Darren Fox was having problem is Darren Fox has got there turning the ball over all over the place. And we've talked about, at least in my opinion, and I think the numbers show this too, that at Harrison Barnes is at his best with Darren Fox on the floor and, and Fox setting him up. Um, and also to that point, like, you still got 85 shots up. Like it's not a problem. He doesn't need to shoot the ball. Um, I think there's bigger issues at play with Harrison when it comes to defense spacing, um, having him, having him actually rebound. I mean, things like that will, will help this team. But when you have Keegan and him, you can obviously see there needs to be a a different type of player on the floor than the two of them almost playing a a similar minds, a similar physical space on, on, in the starting five. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Like, I mean, Sean, you brought up like Paul George and and Jaron Jackson. So first of all, you're not getting Jaron no, Jackson. Neither one of them. Well, maybe yeah, Paul not, George. And, yeah, but not. Yeah, not, but not until off season. You're not getting Paul George because Paul no. George is owed forty nine million dollars next year, and he's at forty eight this year, and that would roughly cost you like three starters to go out and trade for him. Like, it, you'd have to break everything up this season and start over because his salary is so tremendously large right so um but here's what i'm going to say too like i think that like we always talk about roster construction and the kings really fell in love with the idea of bringing sasha vazenkov over right and then they also were very appreciative of what trey lyles brought to the table last year and they also believe that keegan murray is going to be a star so when we start adding these pieces up the problem is that that if you believe all those things to be true, then how do you put that group of four together? Like we all can see that they're lacking length and athleticism, right? 
And so if that's if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to bring in these four players, you already have Keegan, you re-signed Harrison, you brought Sasha over, you re-signed Trey Lyles, all of your minutes at the three and four are now gone. And you didn't address the need. And so it doesn't matter like whether, you know, Kessler Edwards has gotten better. Like it doesn't matter because he can't get on the court because you have already four other dudes that are playing the minutes at that, those positions. And so that's why I like, this is almost like the safe move was to bring Harrison Barnes back, but the real move was to find somebody who had the length and athleticism that would complement Sasha and Trey and Keegan, because I don't think that, that Harrison Barnes is doing anything wrong. I just think that your roster is now wrong for him. And if that makes sense and like, you cannot disguise the fact that he can't do some of the things that you need to do and you don't have anyone else to take his spot, but now you got him under contract for three years. So while I think he's still a really good player and I think he can, he can fit on so many different rosters. Like it's tough for me to say that he fits with, with the other three guys or that those guys fit with him. So I, I think Keegan fits with all of them, but then the others, like, how do you fix this problem? You have a log jam at a position and you don't have the needs of the position taken care of. If that makes well, sense. They're, and they're also never, they're never done. Like, like going no. from the off season into opening day didn't mean they had a, like, ah, there, the, the cake is made. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not that it's not that it's never the case. It's a, it's a fluid situation always. Um, it's it's also you factor people i don't understand why they don't factor this in as well but you also extended demonis sabonis like that takes a big chunk of the offseason pie so going out there and finding guys that yeah you might be able to find a guy that can certainly fit the position but is he good enough is he warranted is it is he good enough to earn that money and fit with your players and there's a lot of things that go into that harrison barnes you already know with keegan and harrison barnes you were third in the west Yes, it was a first round playoff exit, which took the Warriors seven games. Like, like you reward you reward that. You have some very movable pieces. You have a lot of depth that you can make a trade. And is, you know, I don't think any of us were disagreeing with this fact that, you know, Harrison Barnes could very well be moved before the deadline or at the deadline. And 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 again, the way I look at that is he's he was your he was your your insurance in the event. Keegan Murray took a I mean, it's not it's not, it doesn't happen by osmosis. He doesn't necessarily take the big leap. You know, he, if he, if he can just duplicate what he did last year, that'll go a long way. But if he takes a step back and he isn't the Keegan Murray that you thought you had at one point, that's why you have this. That's in, you know, you mentioned somebody like Kessler Edwards. Is there an opportunity that comes of him? Um, Keon Ellis has had opportunities. Those are kind of pie in the sky. Like the, the opportunity is not necessarily like Harrison Barnes is better than those guys. Um, and there's a trust there that Mike Brown has with Harrison Barnes to go out there and, and execute. And again, we talk about this all the time. He can be a frustrating player. I mean, I've certainly documented my frustrations with him, but at the end of the year, you're going to look back and you're going to say, Oh man, there's the stats. And again, the last two years have been among his best as a pro. So, um, and they've won. And so I think he's an easy target for scoring certainly, but that's not what they need. I would agree. I would agree with that. All right. Um, We've been uh, doing prize picks. Uh, of course, the Kingspeed podcast is brought to you by, by prize picks. Um, I, I think, like, for those of you out there who don't do prize picks, 
uh, it's just a really cool and exciting way to add a new element to your your watching of a game um, where you actually have some sort of stake in what's happening. Maybe a little bit, maybe you don't. Uh, I don't know. We've been having a good time doing it. Uh, like it, it's become a major topic of discussion with all of our media friends. Brendan, are you are you still playing? You still winning? No, I, I did two throughout the course of this year, and I, yeah, I just I knew after the first one I said on here before that I shouldn't, and I did it one more time and got reminded real quick why I do not. Yeah, well, I'd say with uh, with fantasy football winding down uh, and the end season tournament over and now it's back to like basics with the NBA. Uh, you have all kinds of opportunities to mix and match between NFL NBA. You can play both on the same day. Uh, but I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be something that a lot of people look forward to moving forward, especially again with fantasy uh, reaching like playoff status here in the next couple of, in the next week or two. Uh, so if you're interested in prize picks, uh, jump on board. There's a link down below in the description. Uh, and that's a link that is directly attributed to the King's beat. Uh, again, it's a good time. I've had a great time playing. Uh, I, I am not good at it at all. It's probably because I do six picks every single game, which is like ridiculously silly on my part, but it's still fun. And, uh, and again, I think if you're with a group of people and you all choose different things, um, or everyone picks the same thing and it's that Malik Monk won't get an offensive rebound, um, then it adds this element where everyone is hanging on every single play and whether Malik Monk is going to get an offensive rebound. It's fun. So, uh, again, and if just, just to be clear on my end, I, I have a good time with it. I just let it go from Kings games. And I do think the in season tournament makes for very interesting dynamics if you're going higher or lower than with the point differential. I guess the finals uh, at the point we're at now doesn't matter with that anymore, but. That's right. All right. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, jump on board with prize picks. Um, let's see. We've uh, we've talked a little bit about this, but Keegan Murray hasn't taken the leap, and I know part of it's because of injuries. Part of it's because he just got off to a funky start. Um, and also, like, starting and stopping and not having, like, building games. Like, it's something that we've talked about with, like Marvin Bagley in the past. Like I, it wasn't just a Marvin Bagley miss games. It said he had like, he would start out, he'd play like eight games and then he'd miss five and then he'd miss, he'd play for 12 games and then he'd miss three. And there's always like this stopping and starting. And it's something that Keegan didn't have to deal with last year, but uh, we're coming to the point in the season where, you know, like all of these trade rumors are going to start ramping up again. And that's part of the NBA. December 15th is the, the first state that you can trade players that you you acquire during the offseason. Uh, December 29th, for some reason, is a day that you can trade Harrison Barnes. Um, and then, of course, the trade deadline is, I think it's February 9th, February 10th, something like that. But um, Keegan is still exempt, right? Like, you still look at this as, you still think that the Kings look at this as, like, he's their third, and you hope that you can add a third slash fourth, but like he's untouchable, right? No, nobody's not, not untouchable. James. Like Tyrese was untouchable. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit ever. Look, people think, oh, he's in there. Richard. Look, if you could, if someone said, I'm going to give you Giannis for Keegan and work out a deal, you'd go, okay. Oh, or, no, or that's just George, like we talked about earlier. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's nobody is untouchable. It's, it's the most idiotic thing people say. <laughs> I, I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate uh, that. 
that's funny. It would take uh, an established guy that you knew could step into that role that you're thinking Keegan could potentially blossom into because you would always take the guarantee over the hypothetical. Hmm. It, I mean, there's a lot of aspects that play a part here, obviously, age, control, and all money. of that. But yeah. The yeah. money. Yeah. I mean, if you can have production, production out of a player who makes significantly less than what you are used to paying a veteran player to do the same type of production, you factor that in. Okay, but uh, like the Kings aren't trading him for like a fringe all-star type player. Like, like even if they understand what an established player is doing and they, they see a track record, like they're not doing that. So like, like what Brennan, what you said there was like, Oh, you know, if you can get an established and you can trade, you know, basically, uh the prospect for for straight up productivity but i don't think that that's the case like if they were ever going to trade him it would have to be in a massive deal where they were getting someone back that was well above what we're thinking or am i crazy i mean i think like paul george jaron jackson fall in this you know like guys that are fringe all-stars sort of or or just obviously that have been all-stars for a little while but like I don't know. I don't think it takes too much for him to be in the deal. Like, obviously, there's a lot of parallels with Denver. People love to point at that. Um, and But they're two, three, four. KCP, MPJ, and Aaron Gordon, like, are probably... There's probably only one king better than one of those guys. I guess Keegan's maybe better than KCP. Like, And we don't even know for sure, I guess, my point that Keegan can become a Michael Porter Jr. Okay. I yeah, see the I, optimism, obviously, like he's very intriguing as a player, but like if the right guy becomes available, say something happens in Miami and Jimmy Butler becomes available, you know what I mean? Like uh, this is super pie in the sky, but I think there's guys out there. You think that they would trade him for like a 33 year old, like even, even a Paul George, like a 33 year old fading star. I think it'd be a conversation. Yeah, I mean, the objects to win a championship, you know? Okay. You had one of those guys on the team, and your odds just increased dramatically. Okay. I'm intrigued. I mean, it's it's a, it's going to be an interesting discussion because, like, when teams are calling, when the Kings are calling teams, the first name that's coming up is Keegan Murray. And I think the Kings are going to do everything in their power to make him not part of the discussion. And, and, and I of think course, you can... Sorry. I think you can often build good deals without Keegan, right? That are say Trey or I'm sorry, um, Kevin and Harrison is likely needed for matching salaries in a lot of these big guys. And then a whole lot of draft picks. The Kings still have all their draft picks, but next year, and then they can't use the year after say they were to call Atlanta and get rid of the protections, um, which I think they could do pretty easily. They have a lot of draft picks they could throw out there, but it's not about creating a good deal. It's about creating the best deal. And I think a lot of opposing deals often have one solid asset in there. And maybe you can argue Harrison or Kevin is that, but if we're talking one of these top guys, it takes a, usually like a young prospect along with picks. Hmm. I think it's amusing too. Cause like I, I, when I, when we signed on for this, for this chat, um, I didn't expect it to go this way. I didn't expect to be, you know, here we are nearing the 20th game of the season and we're talking about, obviously needs. I mean, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation that people will have all the time about, you know, how do they get better? How do they improve? And, you know, what do they need? And so I like the conversation for sure. Um, just didn't expect it to, to go this like 
you know, this this as if we're approaching the trade deadline next week. Um, but you know, you know why it did, right? Well, to a degree. I mean, you consider we, we you know where some of the weaknesses are, but I would say, and I'm I'm trying to remember the player that said it, and I want to say it was Trey Lyles uh, on Wednesday when we talked to him. Because uh, because one of the questions I was curious about was typically coaches will say you get 20 games, 25 games into a season to where you really know your team. And I think it was Trey who said that, you know, we don't really know this team. Like certainly we have personnel from last year, but they've dealt with um, injuries and they haven't looked like themselves in terms of the way they push the ball from last year. Um, there's been some circumstances. There's been such a focus on defense and physicality to where there's still a big question mark of what this team currently is. And I kind of agree with that uh, because especially after talking to Domas after the game, uh, after the loss to the Pelicans, like he's of the opinion, they're just fine. And and you look at the teams that they've lost to uh, and, and I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but of the losses, three of them, four, yeah. you've lost to how many teams? Four total. Four teams. To the right. Clippers, the Rockets, twice, Pelicans. The Rockets twice, the Pelicans three times, and the Clippers right. one time. And, and it, it's really amazing when you think about your 19 games into the season and you've lost to, would you say, four teams? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that Domas's take was remarkably refreshing because, uh, as I have alluded to in, in previous podcasts, like it's not just the fans and media that are on this roller coaster. Like the, the the players themselves are a little bit on the on the emotional roller coaster, and I I thought it was a um a, 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 I had kind of talked about that recently about how um the, the the ebbs and flows of the season, and we're not even at twenty games, and it feels like there's this 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 ride or die mentality of of you live with the team one day, you die with them the next, and I think you forget just how great they looked when they were on their six game uh, win streak. And that was primarily on the road. So um, I, I think there's a lot to be um, optimistic for. And certainly you lose three to the Pelicans. You can see that that's a really bad mismatch. I mean, I was bringing that up after the first two games. I said, I think that team's a really tough out for any team in a seven game playoff series. Uh, even ones that are battle tested and have been there and done that. And uh, the Pelicans? everyone is, yeah, the Pelicans yeah. Ha- are just a long physical team that uh, outside of really Denver, um, maybe the Lakers tonight after seeing what they did because they're obviously a long team as well, but uh, I don't love their shooting, but certainly they give them a mismatch. They give them a, a, a battle. Um, there's just a lot of teams that are trying to get that way, and the Kings are one of them. And the yeah. Kings have beat the five teams above them in the standings already. Right, right. Yeah, but it's the teams below them that they're – I mean, okay, so here, in my opinion, the reason why we're having this discussion is because you just got clubbed by the Pelicans three times in a row. If you played the Pelicans in the seven-game series, you are not beating them. Well, I don't like, know about if, that. If you're the Kings, well, you're you're going to win a game or two maybe, but you're not I beating them. They're well, a better I, team I, than you. Uh, they're they're a bad – okay, so look, I think the Kings Let's are put a better it this way. team. James, they, right, they're also healthy right now. How, much, how often have we been able to say that about the Pelicans? Well, yes, I get come that. The playoffs, come the playoffs, that, could, that team could look different. No, that's totally true, and so could the Kings. So, I, I totally agree with that. But my point is that you know that they I – I think the Kings are a better team than the Pelicans, but I think the Pelicans are a better matchup against the Kings. And, again, we're having this discussion because I don't think the Kings move forward 
like through the like maybe they can get to the second round of the playoffs and they have aspirations of winning a championship maybe they can somehow squeak through the second round like this team is not playing for a championship right now not the way they're currently constructed because it's not just them i mean you you think brandon ingram's tough like sure what happens when you face jason tatum who's just a much better version yeah yeah yeah. but but to your point about the pelicans though we're also december 7th and yeah you played them three times but this 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 is not i mean the kings could have beat them tonight i'll tell you that much (laughs) my answer would my answer would be (laughs) that this is you're right it's december but like this has been the problem for the last two years like it's they haven't addressed the same exact problem and so it's just sitting like again yeah there was positive progress last year and I just don't think everything's linear. Like we know what they need. We've, we kind of just laid that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be patient to wait for that guy. Like you saw how long Monty held on to Marvin Bagley and buddy heel, just like waiting for the right deal. Even if it was obvious that those guys needed to eventually be moved on from, I forget his exact wording. Um, but it's something along the lines of being aggressive, but patient. And I think that we we often see them function that way. So I'm sure they will be active in searching. But like, say you take this other big swing, it's probably using most of your assets and you better be damn sure that that is the right move. And because you're, you're going to be pretty, it's going to be tough to make more beyond that. So while I agree with you, I don't think they're in championship contention this year, obviously. Right. I'm also saying I don't think that needs to happen this year. No. Like a lot of their guys are locked up. Malik's the one question mark. Um, but like a lot of their guys are locked up. And I think that you can kind of be patient. Like you want Keegan to get a little bit better. Uh, maybe De'Aaron and Domas can continue to up their game. Like I agree with you. I just don't think it needs to happen this year. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not hitting a panic button. I'm just pointing to like, as Mike likes to say, the pink elephant in the room. <laughs> like there's a giant pink elephant in the room. It's called, you don't have any length and athleticism at the three and the four. And it just keeps sitting there. And God bless Mike. It's not like he chose the roster. Like, sure, he's had some input, but this isn't his roster. He gets he has a, a hand that he's being dealt, and he's got to make the most of it. And at the end of the day, like you can't ask a, a group of offensive, you know, a, well, even like you can call him an offensive juggernaut from last season. You can't just ask them to be better defensive players overnight, and it's not going to happen. I mean overnight or at all like this team like sure could they get better defensively yeah they can do that organically but like taking a leap defensively you got to have better defensive players and it can't be good good i i was just gonna say your your offensive improvements can't be predicated on you literally going out and signing a 35 year old center or a, a 28 year old uh player from europe that isn't known for his defense you know like there there weren't pretty well defensively by the way surprisingly well defensively i like i i enjoy watching sasha play defense but like he's not the answer that that to the question right well not right now i mean i think he's got a he he he, i think mike always tries to bring up the manu ginobili um comparison in terms of learning the game and i think that's that's wise because same thing with tony parker i mean guys just didn't necessary flourish right out of the gate you know that it took him a minute and i think it will for sasha as well and and yeah he may not ever get there but um 
I think he's been a, a nice little positive factor for them at times this year. And um, it's kind of trending the right way for him. I think often, I think a lot of it stems on the offensive end. I mean, this team, if this team was looking more like what they were doing last year, which no one, no team has ever done. So it, it it's, you kind of need to point that out that it was a history making offensive juggernaut team that they had. Um, but like this team is built around three point shooting, right? And they're a top 10 in makes, but they're, when it comes to converting their threes, they're 20th in the league right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when I saw that uh, yesterday, I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning, these days, man, they're just blending together. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was surprising to see that, uh, to see that they've dipped as low as 20 now. And I think it was actually even lower than that. Uh, 21st as of today. In offense? 20, yeah. Oh, defense. Sorry. Oh, defense. Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about even three point percentage, like three point top ten oh, and three points yeah. made, but three point percentage is like down, like it's down. It's to been 20. around twenty twenty two all season long, right? And I think yeah. I was to say, yeah, it was it was even lower at one point, but you kind of expect that to to increase a little bit, and that just hasn't happened. They're just kind of hovering right there now. Yeah, and they're they're also missing threes in big moments. I mean, that's another thing that. Like the one Sometimes guy they that rely I've... on it too much. I mean, they've like oh, yeah. some of the, the the game that they won against. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, the Warriors game. No, the Warriors game. When they beat the Warriors, they stopped shooting threes and packed the paint. I mean, I had a stat. I think they've only had one loss this year when they have less than fifty points or more than fifty points in the paint. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of obvious. Like. I know this is a three-point shooting league now, but I think they they look at it so frequently that they're passing up easy buckets. That's just around around the paint, and we've seen Fox like Fox when he gets going, he can he can get to his spot, hit that free throw extended, uh, and it's it's automatic. Yeah, when he decides to break a team down, there's no one who can stay in front of him. But then teams are doing you know they're walling off the inside, they're they're trying to do you know like kind of what teams are doing to to zion um and you know just but as as a guard that they're doing trying to do this they're just clogging the lane and i'm gonna point out this from thomas lancaster again uh we're asking these questions because mike says they're going for a championship and i agree yeah (laughs) like but if i mean again if they keep saying it and they keep saying that that's what their goal is then you have to like okay how do you get to that goal because today as of today i don't think the roster is built for that like i I think they can be a good a really good team but that talking championship is another level um let's see we've had uh, a couple more so the kings play the phoenix suns tomorrow um it's the first time they played the suns uh the suns are again beat up all the time um, but, uh, it's also like a scheduling anomaly. Now they will play the Suns five times this season, uh, as a, uh, a potential, as a, as a division rival, um, because of the, uh, the play in tournament for those of you who missed why the Kings have to travel to Phoenix, it, there's a really specific reason. And it's because the Kings were the home team in game one and the Suns were the road team. They're trying to keep the 41-41 balance of road and home. And the reason why they would have played in LA or in Phoenix, no matter whether they won or lost, was because if it came down to um it came down to them and the Lakers, 
the Lakers were the higher seed in in the end season. So number one, the Lakers had a tiebreaker against them. And number two, the Suns played on the road in their opener. So in order to keep the schedule square at 41, that's why they did this. Um, we've had some other interesting developments. Uh, Chris Duarte has been in and out of the rotation, but it looks like he's well, he missed the game the other night because he was sick or something. Um, he's been dealing with knee soreness. Oh, a knee yeah. soreness. That's he's questionable right now. Okay. And then Davion Mitchell was a healthy scratch. He was right? the illness. Yeah. He was the non COVID illness. He showed up to showed up to shoot around that day, was a little sick, and they sent him home. Which day? Um, that was prior to what was our last game, the New Orleans game. Oh, he right? got sent. Was he, that the New no, Orleans no, game? it was the game before that. Yeah, that's it right. Was it was the Clipper game, I thought. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he was there for the New Orleans game and yes. did not play. Um are we seeing that Mike is going back to Keon Ellis, or do we have any idea there? Because it feels like this team, for some reason, wins when Keon plays. It does. It does appear to be that way when he has been elevated in the rotation. Um, but no, I don't know that he has a hard, fast. Um, this is my guy. These are my guys. I, I think it's very equal opportunity at the moment, and based mm-hmm. on matchups. And um, I'm really willing. I'm really actually eager to watch this game on on Friday uh, with the Suns because I think, especially with how beat up they are, there's no Kevin Durant playing in that game. Um, obviously, no Bradley Beal, but I'm I'm curious to see what kind of lineups he goes with in, in that one. Yeah, and also no Grayson Allen. Obviously, still no Damian Lee. Um, I, I think right now, and by the way, it was the Denver game when that was for Davion. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think that right now it's kind of Keon's job to lose, and. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he seems to be the one that Mike is currently going to in that backup spot. And maybe there could be certain matchups where that makes him change his mind. But to me, it seems like Keon is the guy. And until he slips up a little bit, which is going to happen one of these games, he's still a young, young player in year two, two way guy. Um, at some point, he's going to have some tough, tough stretches. And you have Davion right there to to go back to and, and get an opportunity. So, again, I think it's Keon's job to lose right now. But Davion will still get an opportunity in my mind. Hmm. Okay. I, I would agree. Um, I'd also, I, I would not be surprised if, if Davion is, is moved between now and the deadline um, just because it just doesn't seem like it's working out all that well. And, you know, it's not like he's the only one from his draft class. that's kind of in the same situation. I mean, we're watching this Jonathan Kaminga thing play out. Who was what the number seven pick in that draft. And like he was out of the rotation and then, somehow came back in the rotation to beat the Portland Trailblazers, which I think tells you a lot about where the Golden State Warriors are right now. Um, there's Zaire Williams in Memphis, but there is Moody playing well for the Warriors, and there's Shangun playing well for the Rockets. So, you know, yeah. Shangun's been amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been really good. Have you guys looked at his stats? I looked at it. Yeah. I was, like, shocked. It's ridiculous. Early all-star it, consideration. Yeah, is it, like, 21-9 and, and, I mean, 21 points and 9 rebounds? Yeah, like really, really interesting what's happening there. Um, outside of that, did, was there any other major takeaways you guys had from the Pelicans games? Uh, the Pelicans. I, the one thing I thought was strange, well, I don't think it was strange. I, it intrigued me, was how much Demonis Sabonis, and, and I think he was representative of the team, but how much they wanted to play in Vegas and wanted to go to Vegas for the week. 
did did you guys i mean it wasn't like he was looking to go party but it was like hey a week in vegas in the middle of the season and to get all that exposure like yeah i i we were we were totally in were you a little bit, like taken aback by like he was really honest about how much he wanted to play and advance in the in season tournament i think domas has been really honest about it from the beginning and you know, I, th I think his wording from the locker room was something along the lines of like, well, it's the biggest stage. Like, this is what we play basketball for to be on the biggest stage. And this is as big as it gets prior to the postseason. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that they definitely had bought in. De'Aaron had talked about how there will only ever be one first winner of this and related it to his clutch player of the year. So I think the guys cared, but there was like a lot of questions today about a like a potential almost like hangover or like needing to get your guys reduced. And I, I don't think there's necessarily anything of that. You know, we'll, we'll see. I do think it's interesting to see how the team that wins and the teams that went to the finals get affected as this year goes on. Um, but from Sacramento's perspective, like definitely could tell it sucked. They lost and they felt that, but I think they're on from it. it it's something that I know we've talked about how, this tournament is, is kind of this, it's going to be an evolving deal. Like what the, 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 the idea of what you know of this tournament uh, this year, there will be things next year that will be just different in terms of the way they um, plot things out. And I think one of the things that probably needs uh, to be addressed is the fact that if you're a team that's bounced early, uh, you obviously have to play games because, you know, Monday is the knockout round in, in this in this circumstance, and the Kings, by virtue of them losing to the Pelicans, shouldn't have to play a team like the the Lakers or the or the or the Suns who advanced to the knockout round. They should, in my opinion, play somebody that didn't advance to the knockout round. Uh, if especially as the number two seed, who the the Kings were, um, maybe they're scheduled against a team that was bounced like you know a lower echelon team that or whatever the warriors uh, get to play the uh trailblazers right, and they would have right. you know been in the king's shoes if not yeah and i think if you're looking at the timberwolves i think did they get the, the spurs or somebody it wasn't it wasn't a very quality opponent either if i remember correctly and and there they are sitting at the top of the yeah, western conference who by the way they only lost four times and i'm starting to think that is not an anomaly at the moment yeah, and their one home loss is still they're ten and one at home. Their one home loss is the Kings. Yeah. I think it's crazy too. Uh, the Spurs have lost fifteen in a row, and the Pistons, Pistons they started. I think they started two and one, and they've lost eighteen in a row. Eighteen in a row. I can't even imagine. You guys probably like, can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I like I think the worst. We covered had a, a seventeen-win team, man. That's yeah. a. That's a I, lot of I see. I didn't. I did cover the season where they had the two nine-game losing streaks, and then the one my first season they lost fifteen out of sixteen. They had it like an eight-game winning streak. I mean, eight-game losing streak, and then they they beat the Washington Wizards on uh, John Wall and Demarcus Cousins' first game against each other. But John Wall got hurt in, in warmups and hurt his wrist and was announced as a starter, but then didn't play. Uh, and then the Kings lost seven after that. So eight and then one win and then seven. So yeah, I've seen some some pretty tough stuff, but not not like that. I don't I don't think I've seen double digit losing streak. 
I'm actually trying to, I'm going to look it up and see what the longest streak was in that 17 game season and see if somebody can beat me to it on the chat, but I'm going to try and find it. Okay. The one other thing I'll say about that New Orleans game is I think obviously kind of went under the radar for obvious reasons, but I thought Domas played a hell of a game. Uh, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, a block, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, I think is super underrated. He was doing horrible from the free throw line. Um, and going up there and knocking down 10 of them was, was big time. Um, I, I thought that he had a great game, specifically that first half. I'd also point out too, that I know a lot of people are like, well, look at what Valanchunas did. Like all the entire defense shifted to slow down both Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And that's why Herb Jones and Valanchunas got open looks that that was a structural it was actually it was a decision by the coaching staff you could see that their focus was shifting away and so i definitely thought that um that that was like by by design like if you're going to get beat um uh, you weren't going to get beat by zion in that game and you weren't going to get beat by brandon ingram you were going to get the, uh... beat by all those other guys the answer was nine. They had two eight-game losing streaks and a nine-game losing streak to end the season, basically. And that the seventeen wins the oh eight oh nine Kings, coached by Reggie Theus. They ended the season with oh. a win over the Timberwolves, but <laughs> that was the final game of the year. But yeah, nine in a row, and then they suffered two eight-game losing streaks. Is that the season Kenny Nat finished? Uh, no, no. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, it was. He went to. Reggie Theus went six and eighteen. Kenny Nat went eleven and forty-seven. What was their draft situation that following offseason? Actually, um, they had three. They had three eight-game losing streaks and one nine-game losing streak. That's uh, did you say oh eight oh nine? Yeah. The okay. 08, so oh nine season. Oh nine. They had. They were the worst team in the NBA, and they fell to number four, where they did not get Blake Griffin. They missed on no, Hashim that beat with the next pick. The next pick was James Harden, and the Kings selected. They passed on rookie Rubio and took Tyreek Evans with the fourth pick. And then after that, it went uh, Rubio and Johnny Flynn, and then okay. Steph yeah. Curry at number seven. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> the Luka draft all over again. No. <laughs> uh, sweet. Okay, let's see. We've got to do the business of basketball. Um, I think that my question is this. Like, first of all, we just, I mean, we just watched like a star being born uh, in the end season tournament, but it's been brewing for the last three years. Tyrese Halliburton just looks like a genius on the court and he's making his team so much better. Um, And this isn't about the trade because like, look, trades happen and, and I think both teams did made out really well in that deal. But, um, you know, as, as people who covered Tyrese as a young player in his first year and a half and got to see sort of like the joy that he brings to everything, um, how cool has it been to watch him? Like, what did he have tonight? Like 26 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. Like to watch him grow into basically Steve Nash 2.0. Yeah, only you can put up buckets too. I mean, the guy is finding ways to score in big, big moments. Um, uh, it's it's fun. It's fun, and it's it's a. Uh, you always knew he had that feel. You always knew he could dish the ball and 
great feel for the game, but and and incredibly, incredibly smart. But his scoring is probably what's surprising me the most. Uh, and and the way he can still get his shot off, I know that was a concern for teams when he came into the league because uh, it's a little bit funky uh, in release and a little slow. But but he gets it off and it goes down and. Um, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that he'd be able to put up numbers on the offensive end from a scoring standpoint as, as frequently as he's doing with regularity. Um, but you know, he makes everyone better. You know, what type of player he is with the ball in his hands. And, uh, it's just wild to see like ESPN be like, uh, or, or I don't know if it was ESPN or Bleach Report, but showing Tyrese and deer and Fox and Kings uniforms and being like, Oh, can you imagine like if this had stayed together and yeah, sure. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they win, <laughs> you know, we watched gotta, it someone and it wasn't yeah. going to be like this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they go ahead. I think they potentially could have worked for what it's worth, but um, that's a whole different conversation. I, I think like the big development with Tyrese this year, obviously as Sean pointed out and you saw it last year when he was in Indiana to the start of it, um, is just how willing he is to take those shots. I think it was a offseason piece with Zach Lowe. He talked about like a lot of this offseason for him was really mentally accepting that sometimes I'm going to have to kind of be like a selfish asshole when it comes to my shot attempts because um, I'm supposed to be leading my team. And I think you've seen him totally embrace that. And it's it, it's cool to see how much his like family is getting embraced too. You know, they're on the the broadcast after the game today in between the showings or like post-game interview. He's getting asked about, having this moment and he's like, it's not my moment. It's our moment. Um, I, I love the Dame time after he hits a huge, a huge step back three to really put that game away. Like he's so fun to watch and it feels infectious. Like it, like it did when he was here. Yeah. And boy, did he hate Brendan hated me. Hated. <laughs> Do you guys ever play two K? No, not true. no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just watching him. is just, we literally are, are are getting to see another star being born in the league, which is it's great for the league. I did not expect him, even after watching him the couple of years we did watch him, like I did not expect him to to score twenty six point nine a game like he is right now. Like to me, that's that's. I don't crazy. think anybody did. Yeah, I mean, like we knew he's a great shooter. It's just we always thought he was going to have more. Like he would be too unselfish, and man, he just he runs that team. It's crazy. And hat tip to uh, Rick Carlisle, who's, again, I, I think one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, just absolutely spectacular coach. Uh, and it has and has that team. I don't know that they are as good as what we saw today. And they're putting up a ton of points. They remind me a lot of the Kings under Dave Yeager in the final year of Dave Yeager, where they just ran, ran, ran and did crazy stuff. Or the Kings um, from last year, even. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, maybe. But uh, I, there's just like there's no defense being played at all, and I, I guess that's the case with the Kings too. But I've never seen a team who's rated like they have like the lowest offensive rating. I mean, defensive rating, or they're 28th or 29th in offensive rating. I mean, defensive rating, and still have a positive net rating. That's crazy talk. Like they're like number six in net rating, despite the fact that they're the worst defensive rated team in the league. That's just totally bizarre. So. Um, all right, let's uh, let's cut this thing short. Um, we're not short. It's like I mean, so to, the, 
No, it's 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 and I'm just thinking of him saying those stats and then thinking to what you said a minute ago, it's or last year's Kings team, because they were very poorly defensive rating. They were very high offensive rating and yeah, there's a couple there's teams a around scenarios. the uh, around the league like that now that are just like yeah. really tough uh, defensively in a bad way and amazing offensively. Well, and that's also to the point of just here we are December 7th. There's not a lot of defense right. being played ever. And yeah. they don't really buckle down until you kind of have to, I guess. Uh, just let it fly. <laughs> These guys are just putting up, putting up numbers. So right now the Pacers are up. Uh, their net rating is a 3.8, a positive 3.8, which is seventh in the NBA. Their defensive rating is a 119.8, which is 28th worst in the league. They're just above, barely above Washington and Charlotte. And then their offensive rating is just, it's 123.5, which would be the highest of all time. It would surpass the Kings of last year. And their pace is crazy. A 104 pace. Like this is, it's a blast to watch. It's yeah. I just don't know if it can be, uh, if it's got the substance, um, to, to last during the playoffs and last during the last 25 games of the season. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Let's do final thoughts. What do we got? Uh, Brandon, you got any final thoughts? I don't think I really do. Uh, Mike Brown has been very, or, or very much. We've heard him and the players repeat that, the last three games, they were pretty much 30th in every defensive metric, and they are very on fixing their defense right now. Little details like closeouts, rotations, um, that has very much been a theme these last three day, uh, two days of practice. So just throw that in there. Yeah. Sean? Uh, well, before I get to my final thoughts, maybe we can get some questions. Oh, there's no questions. Oh my gosh. We forgot to take questions from the audience. There's no questions. Get them in now. And I like the ones that aren't basketball related. So anyway, uh, I would say, uh, good luck. I know since I mentioned it in the last podcast, good luck to the four teams from the area, Folsom Bulldogs, Grant Pacers, Wood, uh, Woodland Christian Cardinals, right? Yeah. And the Calusa red hawks i think that's what they are i was up there today i can't remember if they're red bird or red hawk i think they're red hawk but i could mm. be wrong red I hawks up, i literally better. went to the town of calusa that's a culture shock but what a town they all come out i mean they 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 all come out to support their team um they're off to state you have four state champions for or, well norcal champions from our area who are going to state and that's going to be really exciting for them so be fun to see who comes out on top on uh, Friday and Saturday, but good luck to them. So you said Grant and uh, who else? Grant, who is the uh, Folsom Bulldogs? Folsom, Folsom. Okay. Yeah. So that's Division what one A? Uh, Grant Pacers, which are Division two double A, or maybe I got the A's mixed up. I think I think Folsom is the double A, and Grant, who came up from Division three to Division two, uh, is now in Division two. And then Woodland Christian and uh, Calusa, they're Six and seven. Calusa is one of those teams that are in the north section, not the Sac Joaquin section that most uh, places cover, but still in our viewing area. Um, somebody at Sean, did you go to Elk Grove or did you go to Sheldon? I no, no, no. I graduated Elk Grove. I was only there for like a year and a year and a half or so. But okay, cool. That's yeah. what I thought. Somebody asked um, from Brian A. Why aren't the Giants making more noise than the uh, Shohei Otani? There's a reason well, for that. 
Yeah, that's because no one's making noise in the Otani front. Like because except they, for his Dave agent Roberts told everybody to shut up. We're not doing this in the press. And if you Dave decide Roberts to do it in the press, you're out. Dave Roberts comes out. I can't lie. Yeah, we've talked to him. <laughs> and he did everything that they were told not to do. So uh, I hope the Giants can land him. That's a huge fish to land. Probably upwards of $600 million. That was a rumor today that the Giants have the largest offer in place, which is $600 million. Because they're tired of getting left at the altar. Yeah, yeah. They, But if you're Otani, do you really want to go to another Angels situation where they don't have the players around you? I don't know. Um, Someone asked if Sean's going to... First of all, how dare you? Yeah, how dare Yeah. (laughs) Someone's asking if Sean's going in any upcoming concerts. Well, thanks for asking me, but I'm going to T-Pain tomorrow, so I'm super excited for that. He's skipping the ham Christmas party to go to T-Pain. It's true. Hate to break it to you. And I think that means two of us will not be covering the Kings game tomorrow night. Sean, are you covering the Kings game tomorrow night? It's in Phoenix. What do you mean covering? It's well, I mean, Phoenix. are you going to like be watching? Are you going to be like on top of it? Is it going to be part yeah, of your sports? Yeah, I'll, I'll, pro- I'll, be, I'll be watching it. Um, I'm not definitely. live tweeting anything. I can't um, watch you both. Won't get watch six both. Quick You're going to watch T-Pain and the Kings? Yeah, you know. Probably. You could probably get that. Well, no, because... They probably go on the stage about nine o'clock, right? Because you have. Is I it honestly Florida don't even know right now. Yeah, Flo Rida's opening. And Solid what's it? Mount the Kings game's game is at six, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a. They're off. Like their timing. They're. Uh, they're not. You can on. DVR it, you know. Yeah. Oh no, that's, I'll watch yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, I'll watch on Saturday yeah. for sure. Um, Ryan, just, fantastic question. Eggnog, yay or nay? It depends on what's in it. I don't uh, mind I, it. I say. I say yes. I like eggnog, but every time it gives me stomach ache. That's just a lot of weird, <laughs> like, yeah. You put brandy in it? You got to go brandy, right? Uh Oh, yeah, Are you just yeah. doing no alcohol in it? No, like, well, like, even drink. when I was a kid, I loved drinking it, and then I'm like, oh, my stomach hurts. That was a bad idea. Well, Jesus, how much are you drinking? Uh, just a, a glass. I'm not going crazy. Okay. I'm not a milk drinker. So, so probably lactose intolerant or something, huh? Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> slightly lactose intolerant. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Murray, watch is key is Keegan playing or is he going to be, uh, uh, be good, good to, to go? go? No, that's yeah, not good to go. That's good, GTD. Uh, oh, Gu- GT. guaranteed. Guaranteed for know, for the mm. next month. I don't know what that yeah, means. It's supposed to be me. I'm the young one. What do you think? I don't even know what the fuck he's asking. Click so I can't answer the question. <laughs> no, is he is he playing tomorrow? Oh, he's not on the oh. injury report. Chris he's Duarte not on the injury is. report. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. Not on the injury report. That's interesting. Uh, Game time decision. There we go. We got okay. There eventually. Sweet. Uh, there we go. Uh, this is a good one. Securing the beam. Best Christmas oh. present. What's your best Christmas present ever? Go ahead, Brennan. Oh God, no! You go first. I'm, I can go first. Take me a sec. Okay. When I was, uh, when I was, we got an Atari twenty six hundred, so that was huge, uh, with Frogger and Centipede and Space Invaders. Oh, and Pitfall. Um, and then uh, when I was, uh, I was probably seventh grade. My parent, we asked for a Commodore sixty four and didn't. My parents like slow played it and we didn't get it. And then right at the last second, they brought out like four giant boxes because that's how 
big a Commodore 64 was. And we got a Commodore. Me and my brother got a Commodore 64, which was cool. Probably, probably my best Christmas presents. Mine was probably a bike. Like it was like a cool bike. And then probably the NES. But that was like basically for the uncles and all the adults. <laughs> getting getting paroled in early December. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's a a, a great uh, yeah. Where was that one? There we go. This is the dude that always calls me Judas on Twitter. He just made an appearance. Why are you Judas? Like, Judas. But anytime you... I think I posted why De'Aaron's foul was still a foul that they challenged because put two hands in his back, and I'm just a traitor, Sean. Oh, I'll see it. Well, they re- uh, well I, is it because that you said something negative about the team or yes, something like yes. that? And yeah, yeah. Not fans here. It's great. Not it's fans, great. Sorry. I do love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, I don't know. The first thing that came to mind is like there was a year when I got my first uh, Celtics jersey. I hate to admit <laughs> it. I hate to admit it. You want to guess the player? Isaiah Thomas. It's super random. No. This was uh, oh, it's random? Thomas. Well, what it's, year? It, it's a starter. It's before Isaiah Thomas, right before. So probably Antoine Walker. Yeah, Paul Pierce. Old. No, no, it's not. It's later than that. Um, what year sort of are we? Kevin Garnett. There? No, we'll get it. He's still on the team now. Oh, see. <laughs> Jalen Brown? No. Still on the team now. That was. It's an wow. Al Horford jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm an Al Horford guy. So I love Domas. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's telling. Yeah. Um, Florida State got absolutely screwed, Carlos B. Fly. Yeah, that, so that's brutal. We wanted our thoughts. They they did everything that was asked asked of them. And it just shows that college football is still an absolute joke when it comes to their playoff system. Travis Shama mockery. That was that was just like how do you how do you have an undefeated season in, in a big concert uh, conference and get completely screwed? Um, let's see. Tyler asked the Aaron extension. I don't think we talked about that. Oh, that's true. Um, I mean, yeah, duh. yeah, right, all around. Like, you're yeah, supposed to, offer, so, he's supposed to turn so it the down. Rumor was that De'Aaron was offered a two-year, one hundred, one hundred and ten million dollar contract extension this summer. He would be a fool to take that because if he waits, number one, he can like every year he he can't. He still has two years until well, he has three years left on his deal, I think. But um, but his dollar that he can his extension dollar goes way up. And it goes deeper into his career. So what you don't want to do is to become a free agent at 31 with like, then you're not going to get the same money that you should have got. You won't get the same years and all that stuff. So uh, 105 for two, 245 for three or for four, excuse me, potentially. And then if you don't get your 245, you're still right at around 90. If you looked at the, what it would be for two years. Yeah. So it's, it's not a big risk to high reward so yeah it's it's like nonsensical you absolutely do that yeah and if he becomes like a first team all nba player or he becomes like a like a top three mvp ballot guy which you know i'm not saying he's going to he's going to be worth every dollar you know and he will take every dollar like and there's nothing wrong with that but yeah he he's gonna take the money um, somebody asked, Oh, Tyler Griner. No, you can't get a PS five from here, but you <laughs> can 
tune in on Monday and we're giving away a PS5. We'll do like caller number something and Kyle will have to answer the phone. We have five mm. PS5s to give away, uh, one for each day this week on the insiders on ESPN 1320. Uh, so everybody jump on board because it's gonna like, I mean, it's huge. You get a PS5 and you get uh, 2K. And we're going to, I think we're going to announce another gift that goes with it tomorrow. So pretty, pretty spectacular. Uh, I mean, it's a good I'm gift. super, yeah, I'm super excited because I'm hoping that a couple of people get them that maybe couldn't afford to buy that gift for their kid for, for Christmas. And you're going to hit the lottery because that's, that's going to be like a huge, huge Christmas gift for somebody. Um, I am not going to Skid Row and Buck Cherry. Um, oh. definitely not doing that. Uh, and I do not watch wrestling. Sorry, no. me either. Yeah, I don't either. No, but Jason, Most, but I did a see lot of somebody, people do though. Somebody asked about Roman Reigns. I actually know who that is, but I, I couldn't tell you like anything about what he, you know, what he's done. I, I, I think either. of Deuce and I think of, uh, Scott Fresh Hour. Oh, that and it's wrestling. like Kenny and Damian. Uh, yes. love D'Lo and Casey. They love wrestling. Jason Jones. Jason Jones wrestling. loves him wrestling. He does yeah. too. You remember that that one time he got he was watching it and someone took a picture of him like yeah. watching it Monday was his night. on Twitter, I think, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Jason Jones. <laughs> I love Jason. And Jones. uh I do I, I am into UFC. Um I do like boxing as well, but um probably paying more attention to UFC these days just because there's so many local uh people in our area that I get to go out and cover so uh i've been on that on that kick for a long long time josh emmett actually just uh had a fight fall through because his opponent had a very unfortunate injury and his replacement is bryce thug mitchell who was a like i'm really looking forward to that and surprised they haven't moved it up to like the main uh to not main event but at least to the pay-per-view card because uh but it will be on espn which means everyone can see it. it'll be the headlining event of the preliminaries and that'll be a scrap. Josh Emmett's from SAC. So if anyone wants to follow along. Okay, cool. Um, okay. I, I want to fig- finish with the one downer. Um, just thoughts and prayers out to the family of the, uh, the fan who passed away uh, during the game on Monday. Uh, just horrible tragedy. Um, I don't know what happened there, uh, but that's just, um, you know, horrible, horrible. Uh, so lots of love out to the family that that's just, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Um, what, like 32, 33 years old. So something like that. Not good. No, not good at all. Very, very sad. So, um, yeah. Uh, and you know, like people in the chat, it never hurts to learn CPR and stuff. Yeah. They were on top of that so quick that I think the, the staff did a great job. There's just nothing they could do. Um, that was hard. Um, okay. Uh, we don't want to end on that note. Um, I can change the topic real quick. I got a random topic. Let's go. What do you random got? Topic. You guys Let's know that McDonald's is starting a new chain restaurant. That is oh, just no. drinks. It's like a Sonic Dutch Bros. Yeah. Thing. I'm trying to remember the oh, name Cosmics. of it. Cosmics. Cause MCs. Cosmics. What? Yeah. There's only a little. Are you excited? I know you're, you're currently. I'm curious. I'm curious. I like random drinks. You know, I like my like. Yeah, I like Dutch Bros. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just random. Put that on a t-shirt. Super random. Like random drinks. That and if you wanted me to give you one other random thing, I just learned from playing FIFA a decent bit recently. The Dennis Rodman's daughter 
is a very good soccer player, professional. Team I USA. Did not, know this. did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. Team yeah. USA. Yeah. Well, you got to watch like more women's soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, but it's not his daughter that grew up in this area, right? No, that's Alexis. Alexis is from Sacramento, and he used okay. to walk off the court with her in his arms. But yeah, she's from Sacramento. Okay, got it, got it. Trinity Rodman is the is the soccer player, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I watch the women's women's World Cup, and I, I watch a lot of uh, regular everyday soccer, uh, EPL league stuff. Uh, Okay. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it. I don't think I had any final th- thoughts. My I don't think final... I ever answered the fans question, by the way. I'm not going to, I don't have any concerts booked. I want, I wanted to go oh. to the sphere, but that's not working out very well. Uh, I do have bottle rock already paid for. So but that's not till May. So hopefully there's something between now and then that I'll hop. Did you, to. you give a kidney for that? That's a, that's a lot. No, man. Hey, when you're a return customer to bottle rock, you get rewarded for your, your, Loyalty. loyalty so oh. absolutely and okay. they added a uh uh like a like a spanish latin festival the week after weekend after bottle rock now so the likes of mana and Faruco and I'm trying to think of some other ones that are popular that are on that i don't know yeah i was trying to ask my roommate he he, he, he listens to all of it shout out Yvonne. That's awesome. Uh, Carlos B. Fly, no, I will not be rooting for another Major League Baseball team. If the A's leave, when they leave, uh, baseball is dead to me. Dead to me. You can just become a Giants fan, man. Oh, no, F that. I'm done. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> not going to – so I hate the Giants, and I'm not going to pay for out-of-market <laughs> because then I'm giving money to that asshole, uh, Rob Manfred. He can kiss my ass. Yeah. You want to get James started? Ask about baseball. No, I think uh, I think Carlos knew what he was doing there with that. With oh, that I, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, sweet. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the King Speed Podcast. Uh, jump on board with Prize Picks. Uh, we're having a great time doing Prize Picks. Um, big shout out to Blue Wire, um, who is uh, we're on the Blue Wire Network now. Um, we'll be back uh, in a couple of days. I think uh, we will have another pod. Um, maybe after the Suns game tomorrow, maybe, maybe we'll do something on Saturday. Uh, maybe you'll we'll have to wait till early next week. Sean's shaking his head. No, nope. uh, we got, <laughs> I ain't gonna be there. <laughs> we got a, another big 49ers game this weekend, right? We've got, uh, I, Oh, Niners yeah. Seahawks. Yeah. I'll be Niners there for Seahawks. that one. Don't we have Eagles and Cowboys? Yeah. Ooh, sure ooh la la. Cowboys. The only time one. I'll ever say that. Oh, that's ugly. Uh, yeah. Yep. So all kinds of good football to watch. Uh, Kings play Monday and is it Monday, Tuesday, back to back? You got Brooklyn Monday at Clippers Tuesday. At Clippers and a on whole Tuesday. lot of home games. Yeah. And what's up with the NBA giving the Kings the Clippers on the second night of a back to back twice to start the season? That seems a little strange that you, like you would. Idea for a division rival to stick them on a second night of a back-to-back. That seems weird. Oh, well, what are you going to do? You're going to play the schedule, the game in front the games in front of you. Uh, okay. That's going to do it for this edition of the King's Beat podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you very soon. So for box 40, Sean Cunningham and Brenda Nunes from the King's Pulse podcast. I am James Ham Kings 
Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. See you soon. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.